Welcome to Tropeful, a weekly look at how trope influences our understanding of our texts. I'm Cantor David Reinwald, and this week, I'm taking a short break amidst the Purim craziness to give you a taste of the tropeful things that are happening in Migilat Esther. And there's a whole lot going on. Truth be told, I think I could probably dedicate at least a half dozen podcast episodes to the amazingly fun and story-filled antics of the Scroll of Esther. All of this is ever-present in the trope. The nice thing about the musical happenings of chanting Megillat Esther is that these things are supposed to be super evident to those listening. They aren't hidden messages. We recognize that the celebration of Purim revolves around the celebration of telling the jovial story, and the trope is there to help that happen. The trope itself has a hop and a skip to it like no other trope. It is almost too bad we only get to chant this once a year, because singing or hearing it is guaranteed to just make you feel lighthearted and good. I find that there are more slight pauses in the trope. Take our basic two phrases, the et nachta and sof pasuk clauses. They sound like this. We can hear that the words are just not going to be as connected as they would be in the Torah or even more so in the Haftarah. There's a bit of giggling going on as we describe the story musically. The main melody where we feel the hop and the skip, though, is in the katon clause. It sounds like this. Kadma mapach pashta munach katon. This advances us forward each time rapidly, and it too has a pause between the pashta and the munach katon. These are indeed connected in the trope system, but there is an effort here to give life to the uplift of the motion of the text. As an effect of this style of chanting, the words become more punchy, and it is just what we want when we land on the name Achashverosh, causing the crowd to cheer, or the awaited punch of the evil Haman. We'll stretch it out, and you know we're all ready to jump on that one. There are a couple of interesting little details to this trope system. The Yetiv trope is one which, rather than sung, is shouted out. Yetiv! It was always a favorite of mine as I learned this system, one which I just hoped would land in the section that I was going to chant. It's fun, it adds even more energy into the reading of the story to have the chanter nearly shouting back at the crowd, Yetiv! Followed often by a Munach Katohon a shout, and a punch. We also find on other varieties of our trusty munach a little chuckle sound caused by the singing of a very fast grace note. Check out the munach pazer. Munach pazer. Whereas in the past, most of our detail was centered around the pazer, I truly believe the grace note. Munach it's the most important note to this phrase. I found myself revisiting a classic text in the history of Jewish music, A.W. Binder's Biblical Chant, a small but jam-packed reference text which is more analytical than it is pedagogical. 
A.W. Binder was one of the first professors of the School of Sacred Music at Hebrew Union College, and he wrote this text in 1959. If you are familiar with the trope systems, or any one trope system, and read music, you will find this small book an unparalleled resource, and I am finding it really fascinating to go back and see all that he has organized in a brilliant manner. The reality is that the science of trope is not shifting or advancing any more today than it was then, and so while many books written more than a half century ago would not stand the test of time, this one surely does. One major focus of Binder's is what he calls the musical detours, and while these may vary amongst different communities, he notes 18 standard detours or musical shifts that happen throughout the 10 chapters of Esther. Six of these times, the music moves into the Lamentations trope, a trope that is much more somber in its tone that we chant on Tisha B'Av. These are used for points of sadness in the story, taking the melody far away from the jovial Esther trope. However, at 12 other points, there are musical motives happening that literally create incredibly interesting melodic shifts within the Megillah. Like I said earlier, going through all of these and explaining all of them would take me another several podcast episodes, and I have to save my energy for our Purim party, but I find it just such an interesting phenomenon. It's too bad it only happens but once a year. So get out there and make sure you are enjoying yourself this Purim. Wishing you all a Chag Purim Sameach, and of course, be tropeful. <laughs>